Welcome to the Dr. Zen Podcast. On this podcast, we discuss health and science-related issues with current medical, pharmacy, dental, and physical therapy students. These students have researched a topic of interest to them and published an article on that topic in the University of Iowa newspaper, The Daily Iowan. We are podcast hosts, Ben Martin and Nathan Seberg. We are both third-year physical therapy students. We created this podcast to provide free information on well-being and health and highlight many of the resources available to students at the University of Iowa. Our previous episodes can be found on our Facebook page, at The Doctor Is In You Iowa, or on Spotify, The Doctor Is In Beyond the Prescription. Today, our guest is Smriti, a third-year medical student at the University of Iowa. She'll be discussing melanoma today and recognizing concerning features of a mole that can help you decide when to visit your local dermatologist. Check out her article titled, Relearning Your ABCs, can help diagnose melanoma. Welcome. All right, so welcome. Thanks for joining us. Can you discuss briefly what having melanoma means? Um, typically, we kind of think of that as having some sort of cancer, and I'm sure you know across listeners they hear melanoma. Um, maybe somebody in their family had that, but can you kind of highlight briefly um, first what having cancer in general means, and then specifically the uniqueness of melanoma contrasting to like a bigger, maybe even a scarier thing for some people when they think about like lung cancer or something. Mm -hmm. Sure. So generally cancer, I think most people have some understanding. It is essentially an abnormal proliferation of cells in our body. So the very small cells in our body, instead of kind of growing and dividing and then dying when they naturally should like from damage instead of that they just keep growing and growing and growing and that eventually puts a strain on our body which is why you know we want to treat cancer whenever we find it uh specifically melanoma so the different layers of the skin at the very top we have the epidermis and melanocytes are one of the cells that we find in our epidermis. They produce melanin, um, similar to what the name suggests. And melanoma is kind of that abnormal growth and proliferation of these specific cells, those melanocytes. Um, so the difference, I think, of melanoma versus lung cancer, when people hear lung cancer, Lungs compared to skin, I think most people kind of see as a vital organ. So when there's something like abnormal and growing in the lungs, I think people automatically associate that with like life and death or like they see the kind of immediate danger in that. But melanoma is a type of skin cancer. And, you know, thinking of an abnormal growth of skin, I think people typically don't think, oh, I might die from this, which to a certain extent, before melanoma spreads from the skin to other parts of the body, that is true, but melanoma is known to spread. And it's that spreading that actually makes melanoma so dangerous. Awesome. That's a great uh, like lead-in to melanoma. So we know that most diseases are multifactorial, so multiple like environmental or genetic factors kind of uh, play into why, why they develop. So like, for example, we know like heart disease um, can be genetic, but also behavioral um, habits play a big role, like exercise and family and stuff like that. Can you kind of talk about the uh, causes of melanoma and what plays a role in, in developing melanoma? Sure. 
Yeah, so kind of as I mentioned earlier, melanoma comes from an abnormal uh, proliferation of these melanocytes. So if we want to group risk factors um, into like genetic versus acquired or like things in your control versus out of your control, some of these genetic components of melanoma, there's something called familial melanoma, where just, I guess, just people in their family are at risk for melanoma, um, and that's kind of genetic, so your risk is there. There are also a bunch of other different, like, familial, like, cancer um, syndromes, I would say, um, that also put you at higher risk for melanoma, but things that are in our control or kind of modify, like, environmental factors, uh, UV exposure, I think, is the biggest one, and that can come from going to tanning beds a lot or just being out in the sun a lot and getting burnt quite a bit or even something I didn't think about um, people that live at higher elevations get exposed to more UV light so kind of those three things and then the one other thing which I think we don't think about too much but if you're immunocompromised that's another risk factor for melanoma so that could be you know uh, HIV patients that aren't taking their antiretroviral medications or people with another cancer that are very immunosuppressed, you know, could be at higher risk for melanoma as well. Yeah, that's great. Um, it's really important to think about, you know, kind of the risk factors other than just more sun exposure. Um, traditionally, that's what we think about, but it's good to kind of get this overarching kind of theme going that there's a lot of stuff that kind of leads into it. So in your article, you had a, a sentence that I really liked where you said, while melanoma is known as the deadliest of skin cancers, it has a high survival rate when diagnosed early. So that can kind of seem paradoxical if you think about it, but walk me through the aspects of diagnosis and treatment that kind of make that true. Yeah. So when I say melanoma is the deadliest of the skin cancers, kind of the two other, you know, big skin cancer groupings we'll think of are squamous cell and basal cell uh, carcinoma. But out of these three, melanoma, squamous, and basal cell, melanoma is the one that's known to spread to other parts of the body or metastasize the most, which is why it's the deadliest. Um and then when I say it has a high survival rate while detected early, if we detect it early, presumably it hasn't spread yet. So then you would just cut out a small mole in your body and that's it. Um, so that's why it does have a pretty high survival rate when detected early because it hasn't done damage to our other like vital organs per se. Um, and then the other nice thing um, well, not nice thing, but kind of nice thing about medical innovation and such. We've come up with pretty good, new and innovative, um, not cures, but forms of immunotherapy for melanoma that also improve people's prognosis and does a really good job and kind of, you know, preventing like one metastasis, you know, from being the end or like being kind of the final thing because I think in the past it's like if there was any evidence of metastasis that was kind of it we didn't have the best therapies to attack that but now we have much better so even if you have some level of metastasis it's not as like grim of a diagnosis as it was before but catching it early before it has a chance to spread I think is the best thing. 
Perfect. So um, we're both physical therapy students and we don't have near the role that uh, physicians have in, you know, diagnosing and treating melanoma, but um, it's important. And we learn in school to like screen for it and to look for suspicious moles on our patients and stuff like that. And uh, during class, we like did an exercise where we, you know, looked at each other's, you know, torso and arms and extremities to look for like suspicious moles and stuff like that. And I was really surprised by how many moles people actually have and, you know, benign moles are just everywhere. Um, so can you kind of talk to our listeners a little bit about um, what they should be keeping track in the, with their own moles and um, understanding if they're benign or malignant, so cancers or non-cancers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, in clinic a lot we'll have, you know, people just coming into their primary care, like annual physical concern about moles. That's such a common thing now. Um, in terms of like whether you should be worried versus not worried about a mole, I think the biggest thing truly out of all the like ABCDs as we list in the article, um, the biggest one I think of concern or should be brought up to a provider is evolution or change of a mole. If you see a mole and it is either growing or changing in color, size, you know, anything like that, that is kind of the biggest red flag or something that warrants further investigation. Um, Otherwise, just um, the other aspects of ABCDE, maybe if it isn't as easy to uh, track when it's changing the asymmetry. Um, so if it's not, you know, nice and round, but one side is bigger border, if it has a messed up border color, that I think is super common if seeing like two separate colors of a diameter, like six millimeters or essentially bigger than the bottom of a pencil eraser, I think is a nicer way of doing it. Um, and then E evolution. Yeah. So that's, I mean, all the ABCDE stuff is really good. I love how you list that out in your article. Um, it's important to keep in mind just when you're thinking about your own, um, body as well, because I know we're kind of taught that as healthcare providers, look at other people. Um, but you know, it's not always the, like the places that you expect to see moles that you're kind of seeing these changes. Um, like what are some common places that I can look, people can start to look, maybe are we having changes in these moles? I know. it out and look at it under a microscope. So I think frequency doesn't need to be too often. Often at your like annual physical, your doctor should ask you any like weird or new moles. And if that prompts you to think of something, I think it's worthy of like bringing it up. So maybe just think of it with your annual physicals. Um, And then in terms of like weird places, you can get melanoma, as you mentioned, the nail um, I think is the, the pretty scary one. Um, people that tend to get melanoma of their nail are in an older population, 
usually um, can't say that for sure. But if your nail does appear like black or oddly looking, like it's definitely worth talking to a provider just because even if it isn't melanoma, it could be a fungus, right? Or something that warrants like further evaluation. Um, in terms of like melanoma, you can get in your eye. Um, that can also be prompted by symptoms you have. So if you have like blurry vision or like you notice that your vision is changing, you would go to the doctor to see that and maybe they would detect or they should detect your melanoma um, of the eye. Or if you notice like your pupil is a different shape or there's like a new spot in your eye. These are all reasons to see the doctor, even if it isn't melanoma, it could be something else. And like same with other like odd melanomas, there's like mucosal melanoma, which you see in your mouth or like nose and like different areas of your body. Um, and usually those bleed. So you would have like a bloody nose or something like bleeding from your gums. And that should also like prompt you to go to the doctor, dentist, um, and they can diagnose it that way. Great. So let's say that, uh, hopefully not, I find a suspicious mole. Uh, when I go to my primary care provider, what might I be expected to be asked? So what kind of questions might they ask me about this mole? And should I also feel doomed if I have an irregular mole that's a weird color and is large and getting larger? Should I feel doomed about that mole that it's definitely melanoma? Yeah. So if you go to your primary care provider and you bring up the mole, I think there's a standard set of questions they'd ask is when did you first notice the mole to see if it's new or something that you've had forever. If you've had it forever since you were a baby, whenever, then, you know, already we're kind of at a lower suspicion. But then the next question they're going to ask is any changes that you've seen. So kind of growth, color change, all of that stuff. And then they probably would ask about risk factors, um, meaning like any family history of melanoma, any um history yourself or in your family of other skin cancers such as squamous cell or basal cell because these are all kind of pushing more towards the melanoma side of things um and you should not feel doomed just because uh you have a weird looking mole because uh i think i mentioned this in the article but uh they did a study at NYU where they biopsied a bunch of like suspicious looking moles and most of them were still not melanoma. So do not feel doomed. <laughs> so Ben is, you know, a very fair skinned individual. He's got that nice red hue to his hair. Um, I think that's, you know, your typical person that I would think about at risk for melanoma. So talk to Ben. Tell him, what are the best tips that he can use to prevent melanoma? Because I know that he doesn't use sunscreen every day. And I'm trying to protect him. On the other hand, I tan really well. You know, my Finnish grandparents have displayed the beautiful, you know, tan skin tone that it's carried on to me. Um, what can I do so that I also don't develop melanoma? Yeah, so I think I actually saw this funny um, phrase on the CDC website about like, you know, preventing uh, melanoma as well as other like skin cancers. It's called, what is it? Slip, slip, slop, slap, which is already horrifying as I'm saying it, but um, slip as in 
slip is like slip on a t-shirt or some sort of like preventative clothing. So um, a lot of shirts now are being made with like extra UV protection. So wearing kind of that longer sleeve shirt, even in the sun um, with that UV protection, if you are not the biggest fan of wearing sunscreen, but that brings me to like slop as in slop on some sunscreen, I think is kind of the easiest way because I personally don't like wearing like clothes that cover a lot um, in the, cause you know, it's hot outside and stuff. So I think sunscreen is honestly the best way to go. Um, SPF 30 or above is perfect. Um, and then uh, slap is slap on a hat. I feel like that is also um, a really nice way to kind of mim minimize uh, sun exposure. So yeah. UV protective clothing, sunscreen, hats, sunglasses, all your best friends in terms of kind of minimizing sun exposure and don't go to tanning beds. Boy, slip, slop, slap. I've, I've never heard of that. That's kind of it. I can see how it would help you remember, but it just seems weird. Yeah, it, it just it was kind of odd, but yeah, I figured it would odd. be funny enough to bring up. Yeah, I know it is. All right. So you've given us a ton of great information about melanoma. Do you have uh, one good uh, take home point uh, for like the student population listening to this podcast? I think I'll run home the sunscreen point every single day. Uh, you got to wear sunscreen SPF 30 or above every single day, even on a rainy day. If not to prevent for skin cancer, it also is uh, aging of your skin. So, yeah. True. Want to look young forever. Exactly. Spoken like a true future dermatologist right there. Holy <laughs> Well, we'll see. Well, thanks for joining well, us. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your day on this. Yeah, of course. Um, I, I'll be honest. I literally woke up like 30 minutes before this. So. <laughs> hey, that's all right. You're here. That's what matters. Yeah. Ben, any final parting thoughts? No, that's all. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, thank we appreciate you. you taking time.